This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another new episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. As always, I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Nancy and Andres, and we are... Uh, here for a fun but slightly somber show because one of the things we're talking about today is something that hit us all pretty hard and what we're going to actually start the show with, unfortunately. So, but don't worry, it's going to be a, it's going to be an incline ramp. We're going to start a little bit sad and then we're going to go all the way to the top of peak Listen, levels. You know, Every, levels, yeah, levels, levels. Every episode, everything's going to be all right. All right. All right, Bob Marley. All right, <laughs> cue the Bob Marley song. I even heard I was, like a slight I, I, I Jamaican was, accent. Like, <laughs> Oh man! See, I was, I, was just sli- I was just slightly quoting the the Black Panther trailer, guys. All right, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. get, all right, let's oh, do this. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, so that's what you were going for? Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That bullet <laughs> backfired sense. in the chamber. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So anyway. So today we're going to start off uh, our episode with something pretty sad, something that I think uh, hit you know all of us, like I said, pretty hard, and that was the death of Kevin Conroy, who is obviously known for his work as his voice work as Batman. He's beloved in the comic book community. He's like the definitive voice of Batman, most would say. Uh, he passed away after a short battle, apparently, with cancer. How did this news affect all of us? Like, what are you know our feelings, our thoughts? Maybe like, what's our favorite Kevin Conroy project? Let's let's d- dive into it a little bit. Let's start with uh, Nancy. How did this one hit you? Well, I really only knew Kevin Conroy from Batman. However, mm. <clears throat> you know, when I think about the animated series, that's the first thing that I go to. That is, you know, everyone on Twitter has been saying it. That is my Batman. That's I right. think the first voice that comes to your head when you think about. Uh, in terms of like any animated version of Batman. So he had such an iconic yeah. sound and voice. You know, it's it's really sad to lose anyone, especially with voice actors. I feel like they're so underappreciated in the movie world and within fans. Uh, you know, you had this switch with Robin Williams when he did um, Aladdin where hmm. that really shifted where they had you know, known actors coming in to do voices as as opposed to uh, well-renowned voice actors. And so for me, I really like when you have someone who's just a solid voice actor and that's what they just love to do. And when you go and look at his IMDb and all his credits, it's just so many voice acting jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is what hit me the most is that, you know, that's such a lost art. I feel like that it's starting to like not be as recognized. And I feel like for him, he was that known voice. And so it's really sad. And then on top of that, losing another actor to cancer is just so, it's so crushing and it's such a short battle. And, you know, especially when you get the news out of the blue as a fan, that's always hard to digest. Um, So yeah. So rest (laughs) in peace, Kevin Conroy, always going to be Batman. Absolutely. Andres, how about you, ma'am? I mean, as somebody who raced home to be able to catch the 4.30 episode of Batman the Animated Series every day after school, there's no way this is not going to hit me hard. I mean, like, Kevin Conroy was one of the defining things in, in my life in terms of his performance as Batman. I mean, like still from when I was a kid all the way up to me as a 35-year-old man, I can pull up a Batman comic and hear his voice the entire time. 
I mean, he, uh, he, th this one hit me really hard, and like, uh, I, I, I was, I, like, again, p people talk about all the contributions that he's given to um, vocals, which he's really great, but like, I don't think he got a chance to flourish nearly as much as an actor, per se, because... Um, if you watch uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths episode where he does still play Bruce Wayne, but mm -hmm. he plays Bruce Wayne as Batman, and it's kind of cool to sort of see him just doing all the facial all the facial stuff and him actually act and him actually do something that he's rarely had a chance to do. And I'm like, you know what? In another universe, I think he would have... I think he would have done some really great stuff had he given, had he been given the chance. But in terms of everything that he's done and everything that he's given us right now, I mean, Batman is the most defining thing. And truly, no one has captured, like, lightning in a bottle in terms of a Batman voice like he did. And I don't think he also gets enough praise for his performance in uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, the Batman spinoff. Because basically, he has to play so many different levels. He has to play... Bruce Wayne before he becomes Batman. He has to play Batman. He has to play a more vulnerable Batman than that one. So I think that one is one of the most well-rounded out of all his performances. And truly, truly, it's... I mean, like you said, Nancy, I mean, like, a lot of voice actors these days are not getting the respect that they should. But I think time's going to fix that with, you know, what's going on with... Uh, I mean, I think one of the points right now is... Super Mario getting as big of a like you need to cast like a real voice actor for this not not stunt casting I think time will fix it after a little bit it's an uphill battle but in terms of everything with Kevin Conroy uh, oh man I'm, I'm gonna miss you brother and also over here in Burbank there is a very uh, weird statue of Batman just sitting in the middle of Burbank and Eric had actually texted me last night that so many people were leaving flowers, were leaving comics, were leaving all sorts of stuff in memoriam to him. And I'm like, mm. oh, like, I, I, awesome. walk, I walked out of Black Panther and then, like, he texted me that. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to cry now. Here I'm come the water's lights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, wonder, yeah. too, as, like, a voice actor, because they don't get as much recognition if, you know, he knew what impact he had in terms of, you know, being the voice of Batman. So it's mm -hmm. sad, but also good to see that people are recognizing him in that sense. Um, okay. Also, sorry, to, uh, I think there's a 2016 documentary. Oh, I can't remember the the actual title. I think it's like, Who's That Voice or something like that. Um, but it's all about voice actors and Kevin Conroy's mm -hmm. in that as oh, well. Yeah. So definitely check that out. It's a fun documentary if you uh, really love just voice actors in general. Mm -hmm. That's that's the one where he tells the uh, the story about him serving food at nine eleven, right? I think I, but yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, it's, it's a great, been a while yeah, since a I watched one. it, but it's it's fan it's a fantastic documentary. Oh awesome. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, like honestly, like when you read these like tweets, you know, obviously it's sad that that's how we're getting a lot of our like information about like celebrity deaths. Like that's why I always take it with a grain of salt when I first see it. Like I have to see it confirmed by so many different outlets before I'm like, okay, I guess this actually is true. Cause I thought it was a joke. You know, I thought it was like someone trying to play a cruel joke on the comic book community. Um, but this one definitely hit me. It was like one of those like shocks 
you know, where like certain celebrity debts, they don't affect me as much as other ones do. If I'm just being honest, I feel like all of us kind of feel that way. There's only been maybe a handful in my life that like legitimately emotionally affected me. But this one hurt because it's just like that is the voice of Batman to me. Like if you gave me a top three, like just Batmans, he would probably be tied for number one. Honestly, I just I feel like he just fits that role perfectly. And especially if you played, you know, the Arkham games which I think are criminally underrated in terms of like storytelling and just performance overall. I mean, you were talking about how he's playing levels and Mask of the Phantasm. He's playing all sorts of levels in the Arkham games. You learn so much about Bruce Wayne and also just kind of who he is now as Batman. And just he was just such a definitive version of that character. And it's just so hard to imagine not seeing another animated movie with his voice as Batman or another game with his voice as Batman. It just hurts. It sucks. I think that he was a tremendously gifted voice actor. And like Nancy said, I feel like voice acting is a really underrated talent because you think oh an actor gets paid millions of dollars to be in this voice booth for a few hours to do you know little voices when really if you like actually watch footage of them doing it it looks so physically and mentally exhausting because you have to keep do doing well what the fuck my voice was like now we're gonna take a beat Sean's yeah. uh, <laughs> not a voice actor point proven point proven yeah. me because point, point so, point so many right voice there. actors there so many voice mm-hmm. actors will tell you that anyone can do a voice but the main yep. thing about being a voice actor is being able to do that voice for nine hours at yep. a time. And, yeah. that, well, and also, they say, which which is what I loved about the documentary, is that they had everyone read, um, I forgot, it was something random, like the Declaration of Independence or something like that in their character's voice. Because it was to show that it's not just you're doing a voice, you have to, it's acting, you have to take that persona and that character and be able to say anything in that voice and it's it's really difficult to do so i yeah it's Uh, and also uh efforts which are like the sound effects they have to make in terms of like you know like getting hit or taking a tumble or like you're out of breath (laughs) those look Mm -hmm. so physically exhausting where i'm like okay you're earning your paycheck when you're doing those i mean actor voice actors or even just you know actors who have never done voice acting before they'll always talk about efforts because it's something they never even think about but it's something they have to spend so much time doing in the studio because you don't realize when you're watching an animated movie there's so many little different nuances that you have to like crack for every character when they're like running for their lives or they're reacting to this thing or that thing there's so many little things they have to get and you don't realize that and every actor is like oh fuck (laughs) i didn't realize how much work i had to do (laughs) yeah and you're not always reacting to another actor it's not yeah. always that the other person's already done their yeah, line. Sometimes the you're the alone. first person. Yeah, which, so it's which was it's difficult. Which was also a really special thing because Conroy was talking about whenever he was doing um, Batman, he would have Mark Mark Hamill, the Joker, in the booth right next to him to be able to interact with, and that's that's kind of why I think that performance or those two are so just intrinsically linked to each other because they played off each other so well and and again it raised the performance of both of them especially Kevin Conroy so yeah it's it's one of those things where like yeah actors rarely get a chance to act with the other person and it's 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 a once in a lifetime thing yeah I mean I think we can all can say you know rest in peace Kevin Conroy you absolutely will be missed 
um, there's really not going to be a Batman like you ever again. So that's absolutely for sure. So as we switch gears here, obviously in a somber tone, giving him our farewell, we're now going to be shifting gears to the two big trailers that released in the past couple weeks. First, we'll I guess we'll kind of continue the somber trend and then we'll we'll go up a little bit. <laughs> and so the the, the first uh, trailer we're going to be talking about is finally the first trailer for The Whale which is Darren Aronofsky's new movie with Brendan Fraser, who plays like a severely overweight man who's going through all sorts of problems. Um, and this has been getting Brendan Fraser rave reviews. You know, he basically seems like a shoe-in for an Oscar nomination, possibly even an Oscar win here from what everyone's been saying. We finally got our first glimpse at the movie. It's a kind of short teaser trailer. What did we think from the you know short bit of footage that we saw? We'll start with Andres on this one. Okay. The whale is starting to fall into that category of Uh-oh. showing us one frame for the entire marketing. <laughs> did you see that? The, did you see that they used yeah. like the one, the one still photo as the poster too? Yeah. <laughs> and, I was like, and, and, wow. And what's, and what's the big thing about this trailer is that the last shot is just the shot of Brendan Fraser's head. I mean, I'm like. Uh, show us just a little more, but just show us uh, something else. <laughs> yeah, just show us something else. I mean, for me personally, the movie looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful, and Brendan Fraser's performance is—I mean, it looks like it's going to bring the waterworks as soon as I see it in theaters. Um, I will say the one thing: I am actually not that big of a fan of this trailer, only for one very nitpicky thing. Oh no! I don't—I—I I don't want in a trailer. So many critic reviews popping up, just basically being like, "It's the best thing since sliced bread." But uh, Brendan Fraser's mm-hmm. performance is transcendent. It's like, no, let us feel this. Don't don't tell me what I should be expecting, because I think I think setting up those expectations, it's going to make this movie have a little bit of an uphill battle when it comes out. Because keep in mind, this is an A twenty four movie, and I mean, as much as we enjoy the A twenty four movies, they can be pretty divisive. So I think. I, 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 I just don't like it when critic reviews are sort of just kind of just thrown in right in the beginning of a trailer and stuff like that. Like, I like for the performance and for the movie itself to sort of speak on that. You don't want and it then to you carry can... the trailer. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I it, mean, it, I definitely understand what you're saying with that. But then also on the flip side, it's like if you're not going to show like almost anything, like how are you going to get people to see the movie, give them really great reviews to be like, oh, OK, I guess I have to see it. So I, I see both sides to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do see both sides, but I mean that that's just a very nippy thing. I thought the trailer yeah. was 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 great. I mean, I thought the trailer was great in terms of showing us just a, a small little tease. But you know, we're we're about a month away from release of this. I kind of yeah, want to see something a little more substantial. But yeah. you know, that's sort of Aronofsky in a nutshell. So yeah, I'm I'm very looking forward to it. I mean, I love Brendan Fraser, so of course I'm going to be cheering for him when it comes. Off I, I mean, time, so, can we yeah. all just like collectively take a minute? And just enjoy the fact. No, not just that he's backed. That Brendan Fraser is going to be nominated for a fucking Oscar. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, but if someone told me a year ago, yeah, Brendan Fraser is going to be nominated for an Oscar in about like a year or so, I'd be like, you're fucking loony. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm just, I feel like I'm the only one who's just kind of like giggling like a little fucking schoolgirl about the fact that not only is he back, but he might win a fucking Oscar. Like, what? What? That's, 
that, that's the so thing with exciting. some of the that's the thing with some of some of these acting some of these like really out of nowhere performances sometimes I mean I like, love it I was I, I was just talking about it with a friend of mine where we were just like you know it's it's always great like when we see someone who's been around for forever finally get the recognition that they deserve like a J.K. Simmons I mean for Whiplash I mean like you know we've all seen J.K. all throughout the years and then when yep. he did Whiplash you're like holy shit <laughs> that that is acting right there but. I mean, I'm really excited to see what Brendan Fraser can do, especially with the fact that, um, th- again, there's so much buzz going around this movie so far, and I know people have cried watching the trailer. But um, I, wow, I, really? I wonder what. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus oh yeah, yeah. Christ. What was what, 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 like like all we they were... need is a little push. Got you. Then. Yes. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. But, um, but, but I wonder. Cried, but really? I wonder. Yeah. But but I wow. wonder one right. thing though. I wonder if. If this movie is successful enough and wins all those Oscars that we're talking about, uh-huh. I wonder what's the chance that James Gunn will actually be like, "Yeah, that Batman movie we canceled. Let's just let's just put it out there again. I'm the boss." Uh, I don't think he can, like legally. <laughs> legally, but you know, he might have a say or two. Let's let's see. Let's see. What against <laughs> the law? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like they made it pretty clear they would wouldn't ever be able to release it. It would be breaking the law. I mean, uh, maybe you could just like redo it. I don't know. Like, we'll just, 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 we'll just do a new one. Just do, and uh, <laughs> just do like bat girl person. Right, <laughs> we'll, call, exactly. we'll call it that. It's different. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's not like, the same movie. It might have the same cast, same directors, but it's a different film. <laughs> exactly. It's more of an exploration. A twenty four is involved. <laughs> It's a oh reimagining. It's a reimagining. Know? Aronofsky's in talks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's a loophole uh, somewhere. Yeah, it's we so found it. Ball. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Really say on PS4. Yeah, exactly. Um, but oh, I'm God. kind of like in the like the same boat where I mean, I really wanted to see more footage, especially with the, with the movie coming out in like a month. You know, I figured, okay, finally we'll get a trailer. But it's just like such a teaser trailer where we barely get anything. I mean, the one little bit of footage we get to see of Brendan Fraser, and you get a nice, like, warm, tender performance, like a nice preview of that. I'm like, okay, he's definitely making me want to see the movie because I've always wanted to see kind of really what he's capable of as an actor and just see him again on. Screen really, I'm just I'm gonna see regardless. But I did want to see more. I definitely wanted to see more of Sadie Sink because I've heard of great things about her performance and just some more of the you know Aronofsky's direction. I just wanted to get more of a feel for the movie because it's you know you know that he's an overweight man, but you don't really know what the movie's about, and that's kind of like troubling going into it, especially if you're not someone like us who's like really up to date with like movie news and is really nerdy about these sort of things. You know, for the average moviegoer, they're gonna watch that trailer and just be like, huh. You know, like, just like, okay, Brendan Fraser's, okay, okay, all right, all right, whatever. Um, but that's just kind of how I felt. I, I just wanted more. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Nancy, did you feel the same way? Um, Kind of. I have a lot to say about this. Oh, um, okay. All right. All right. All so, right. Strap in, boys. Strap I think, in. <laughs> I think, first and foremost, the trailer itself, it wasn't my favorite cut. Like, with the music that they did and how little they showed, it almost had, a, like, a horror film vibe to it when you first watch it. Oh, and no. And then it gets into, like, a sentimental thing. So Useful. No, no watch it, I swear. From it, one of it, the it, six producers of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, no. It definitely has that vibe at first. So that's why I was like, oh, this isn't, like, the best teaser trailer for me. That being said, though, I feel like 
this movie is going to be more of a slice of life movie, so I can see why it's probably difficult to come up with a really catching trailer for it, um, because there there probably isn't going to be a whole lot going on other than going through this person's life and how they're living it and how it's their being obese is affecting them. So I could see how that's difficult to capture mm-hmm. that in a trailer and why they're leaning so hard on like, hey, trust us, we've shown this to a bunch of people and everyone loves it. That being said, that's not gonna deter me from watching this movie. Uh, you know, all the buzz that it's getting, even those little clips that I do see of Brendan Fraser, uh, they are still touching. And I feel like he's always been a great actor. And I think also, we should call a spade a spade. Brendan Fraser did not disappear from Hollywood because he was yep. a good actor. He had yep. some very horrible things happen to him and he was blackballed from Hollywood. And I feel like him coming back is such a statement of like, it didn't ultimately take him completely out of something that he nope. loves to do, which is acting. And I love that. And, you know, earlier on, he was more of the like, hunky guy and he kind of got into those roles a little bit more with the mummy no and then also <laughs> oh you know what I'm talking about Tarzan was an George. art film George, George, Georgia the jungle, the jungle? his nudity yes. was a choice <laughs> it was art I, I love um, how I said Tarzan <laughs> I know. I, we knew yeah. what you were talking about. Yeah, you know, but, you know what I was talking about. It's the same yes. thing. It's, they're both I in do, plain gloss. I, 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 do, I, I do love how, like, six months ago on Twitter, there was, like, a trend going on where it's like, put your first cinematic crush um, as a gift. Yeah. And uniformly, I saw so many Brendan Fraser, Brendan George of the Juggles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, you go to, like, Encino Man, and it's such a silly premise of a movie, but there's that scene where he f- goes to the museum and he sees the, like, you know, cavemen, essentially, and he's frantically trying to, like, start a fire and you could see the pain in his face that he's not where he's supposed to be. And it's such a, like, great moment in a silly movie. And that, I think, for me is when I knew, damn, this kid is really good at acting. And he, I I feel like... This kid is going kid, places. He's going places. <laughs> Even though I was like... He's I was going like eight places. At, I was probably like eight at the time. <laughs> Smoking candy cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Um, this kid, I swear I, to God. Yeah. But I feel like he was in such a trajectory to be such a great actor, and it got taken away from him. And I, you know, so I, I love that he's coming back with such a really good movie and being able to show that he he is a really good actor. And on top of that, I will say I've heard buzz from people that. Some people were a little annoyed that he wore a fat suit. And to me, I think he did his due diligence of talking to the obese community and people that were actually a part of like um, mm-hmm. actual like companies and stuff to make sure that he wasn't doing this in a comical way, that he was doing it in a very sincere way and showing how this can be a difficult life and how you get to that point as well. So I feel like he's done all his due diligence of making sure that this is the performance of a lifetime because he knows that I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Like he knows that this is a good chance for him to come back after so long and seeing all those all those clips of him like tearing up and being so grateful that people are giving him standing ovations. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's also driving me to see this you know this is his second chance that he very much deserves 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I want him to win this Oscar, and then I want a new Mummy movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, a, a, a new yeah. Mummy movie with Rachel Weisz Yes, as well. with Rachel Weisz yes. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want him to get his roses, literally and metaphorically, and then I want yep. a new fucking Mummy movie. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? He, I guarantee after this movie comes out and he gets all of the awards that Hollywood will give him anything he wants and I'm sure that he as I think he, they should and he even said that he would be open to making another mummy movie which please after Tomb of the Dragon oh. Emperor give us anything yeah. <laughs> give us right? anything how can you fuck it up from that seriously you can't, like you can't do worse than wasting gently that's how I see yeah. it yeah and, and that, that movie had so many pieces to be so awesome and then I remember seeing it opening day and I was like, wow, this is all 10 types of not awesome right now. I mean, Brendan Fraser yeah. was not the problem. I mean, no, it was he just... was the only good part about the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had like two action like role models growing. Well, actually, yeah, two. It was like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, and it was like Rick O'Connell, you know, Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. Like, those are like my top two, like, <laughs> wish I was that person. <laughs> like, they were, they were the best. I love Brendan Fraser. I wish him the best. <laughs> He's the best. But uh, speaking of Keanu Reeves, look at that. I set myself up for a segue and I didn't even know it. Let's talk about John Wick Chapter 4. That's right. There's going to be a fourth one of these people. We just got our first big trailer for the movie, which gives us our biggest glimpse yet at John Wick 4, which hits theaters finally in March of next year. What did we think of this trailer? Nancy, give us your thoughts. I'm so sorry. I still haven't seen the first three movies. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> wow. Sorry. I, I, I blacked out Tom, for a second. What did I, what wow. did I say? Tom, what, what, Tom what did should, I say? We, should we just, should we just go ahead and just, should we just go Do ahead and make along? dinner reservations? No, no, no. Let's just oh. make dinner I, reservations I we should, for Nancy. Yeah, I, th- I, I think that's what we need to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what I heard is that you're paying for my food, so I'm all about it. No, no, no. That's yeah, what you're no, supposed to hear. Yeah, no, we have a Anybody benefactor. who knows John Wick knows what that means. <laughs> yes, oh, okay. exactly. Oh, I don't know what that means. Well, why would you make a joke? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Because Listen. the <laughs> audience is going to know. <laughs> because, because it's, it's very fun. funny. <laughs> and it's fun, and you're tacky, and I hate you. <laughs> Okay, that better be for the movie. Otherwise, I'm going to backhand you, Tom. What other movie would it be for? <laughs> I thought you were just telling me that I'm tacky and that you hate me. That's I will neither confirm saying. nor deny that. But anyway, give okay. us your thoughts. You know, I got a 50-50 chance, so I'm okay with that. Um, okay. No, it looks good for... I mean, it's it's hard to like resonate with a fourth film trailer when you haven't seen the first three, but it still looks good. And hello, all the action Damn. Keanu Reeves... I would be on board. Listen, I'm the kind of person that I, I have start with to. Nancy? Exactly. No, because you listen. We're on we're, the theme of the show is trajectory up. You got to start with low. We're trying. We're trying, but honestly, I think, we're, I think I think we're stalled upwards. going up the mountain right now. <laughs> we're just stuck in a it depressing place, good. guys. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. Keanu Reeves, not depressing. You know, we all love him. I think it looks good. I'm. You I'm say gonna you make love a, him, but you haven't seen the first three movies. Listen. That love is hollow. It is false, and it is not earned. Uh, he has other movies other than John Wick. But I that's do not love what we're him. talking about. That's fair. I do yeah. plan on watching them, but it's one of those things where it's like I can't just throw on John Wick. It has to be a thing now because there's three of them. So I have to plan out when I'm going to watch them. And make sure I watch all three, and then I will watch I, the I, 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 We were talking about this before the show, and I told Nancy that she shouldn't watch all three back to back to back because it'll just be exhausting. It's 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 a that's very, fair. 
like, like maybe, maybe, maybe watch the them back two. to back as a day. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 yeah. one day watch John Wick one, then then the next day yeah. so on so Cause forth. Because it, it gets like more and more action heavy, and like if you watched all three, especially after the third one, you're gonna be like, Jesus Christ, put on a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> is it yeah. is it like the raid heavy? Uh, or not as bad. It's not like the raid kind of violence, but there's just a okay. lot of action sequences that are just like very intense, okay. very visceral. That like if I I know if as someone who loves all three of those movies, I couldn't watch them all back to back to back. I would just be so exhausted probably after the first two. Okay. Yeah. When I, does this movie come out? Yeah. When does <laughs> you guys come out again? <laughs> I know. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> I just want to say when this. <laughs> when did this? When is this movie coming out? Because I, if it's not too soon, I will plan to watch all three before it comes out. It comes out March. in March. Oh well, yeah, I have plenty of fucking time then. So you say that now, and then like the week before the movie comes out, you're like shit, 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 shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about John Wick yeah. already, but I think it was just that this was they said that they were going to make this. So I had said that then. So I promise now this time for real. Look, we have it on record. For reals. Okay? I, I'm going to keep tabs with you to see when you actually watch okay. these three movies, because if it is in the month of March, I swear to God, I will raise no. hell. <laughs> and no, I will call much. you out. I will call you out on this podcast and Andres will join me with great fury. <laughs> okay. I'll hold you to it. I will. I will hold all right. myself to it. I will Good. watch all three before it comes out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And look, okay. look, we'll make this deal. If you don't watch the movies until March, and you have to be honest with us and with yourself, if you don't watch it until and March. <laughs> and with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> February 28th. Mm. March 1st. At least before part four comes out, go see at least, at least see one a week. <laughs> That is a fair compromise. Did I see it on the 28th? But it's like a leap year, so. So, yeah. So, guys, whatever. Craig, help us. Sorry, I'm just dying at that. Okay, anyways, what are we going to say, Tom? Oh, that was like the funniest shit. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Okay, Uh, what was your thought? What were we uh, saying? What were we talking about? Oh, my God. I feel like I just... I feel like I watched like a Pixar movie. Look at this shit. <laughs> oh god. Uh, okay, Ooh. so you're saying if I don't watch it before March, you right. will. I didn't even. I didn't even. Something. I didn't even get to the punishment. Part. You, you didn't even get to the stipulation yet. <laughs> I didn't get past. I didn't get past being honest with yourself. Uh, I would say if you don't, if you don't watch them by March, then you have to chug. Ch- chug. You have to chug. A, you have to chug a whole truly for us on camera. Oh, that's easy. Mm, give me a though? challenge. What's your least favorite flavor? Oh. Oh, you didn't see that twist coming. Probably watermelon. That shit's gross. Boom. Watermelon okay. it I'll is. Do, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see. I'm honest. Yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> and if February comes rolling around, you're going to be having a battle with yourself. It's going to be like Daredevil Wait, season three. All three before March, right? Yes. Yeah. If, if, you, if, you, if you start okay. watching any of them on like March first, you're fucked. Okay. Oh, all yeah. right. Got it. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm on this. All right. It's it, all right. It's decided. Great. Awesome. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> what did you? What did you? What were your overall thoughts about the trailer? I, all I heard was like, "Oh, it's cool. It's Keanu Reeves." <laughs> uh, I mean, that's all I got. It's like it looks good. All right. All right. Looks stylish. Andre. All right, Andre. So look, we're done there. We're, we're it's done. It's a movie I'll watch. You know, I'll it's watch a movie, it. It's a movie you'll watch. But yeah. I feel like. This is how you feel now, but I feel like after you actually watch those first three movies, you're going to be as excited as we are for the. Okay, I'll be a pup. 
Yeah, so I'll we'll go check back in. and watch yeah. the trailer. Okay. Yeah, we'll check in. All right. So, Andres, how about you? Let's 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 see where you, where you fall. Oh man, I mean, it's another John Wick movie. Of course, I'm going to be really excited. That, John Wick Three Parabellum was one of the last things I saw. Right, but like it's it's a clear memory of seeing something right before the pandemic had happened, and just watching that audience go nuts for that movie was mm-hmm. was astounding, and also. One of the more inventive action movies ever. I mean, action franchises and very elaborate in terms of building out the world. And uh, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm so excited for this. But <clears throat> in terms of establishing Bill Sarsgaard as a villain for this potential movie, it's. I mean, it, it just gets me excited. And then also, mm-hmm. without going into too many spoilers, just seeing Ian McShane back into the fold again is really awesome. Like, he's honestly just, mm-hmm. like, one of the MVPs of the franchise. I'm curious, though, how him and John are, like, cool with each other now after the events of 3. Let's put it that way, without going into spoilers. Whoa, 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 whoa. I love this because I'm sitting here being like, ah, uh, yes, I know those names. Yeah, just perfect the nod. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. um, but, but the thing is, at, I mean, uh, so... The one thing that, that I'm kind of seeing with this trailer is that there's a lot of action in it, and you know, the, the, my my one my one thing going into this is I've been hearing rumors that the cut of this movie that's going to be released is going to be about three hours. And I'd that, watch and all three fucking hours. Yeah, <laughs> and, I was waiting and, for Tom to be like, "So that's not a problem. So, Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> that is not an issue." But, but but it's one of those things where each movie has gotten progressively longer and longer and longer, and I don't feel the runtimes on any of them. So it just I I truly think that there is a lot of meat on the bone to be to be uh, had from this movie, and that the the trailer this teaser is giving you just a small little taste, and that's why I love more than anything else. But yeah, so the te- so the trailer I think looks great. I'm fully on board to see it. Nancy, you definitely have to see all these movies. You have I mean, to. Th- 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 there's only there's only one thing I gotta warn you about in advance, and that's in the it's first bloody, movie. It's gory, it's sad, N- dog dies. That that thing. Okay, I knew that. Yeah, it's I, like, man, I feel oh, like she like, knew that though. Yeah, it's like saying like. What was that movie? Marley and Me? Like, oh, yeah. I refuse to see that movie. I still have not seen it. I will never see it. Because I own a golden retriever. It's the movie where the dog fucking dies. Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows that. I'm good. Uh, That became became what that movie was called during Christmas. But but one of my favorite favorite memories of running the box office over when um, John Wick came out was so many people being like, so uh, what's that John Wick movie? I'm like, oh, it's amazing. It's fantastic. And then they walk in, and they're like, a dog dies five minutes into the movie. You didn't tell me that. And I was like, yeah, but he spends the entire rest of the movie avenging that dog and reigning chaos. And then the woman just goes, why why don't you tell me that? And then she just, like, runs straight into the theater back in, and then she walks right out, and she's like... I loved it. I loved it so much. Like when, when I was cleaning up the theater as an usher, she was just like, I loved it. I loved it. And I'm like, oh, see, there you go. So like this yeah. is one of those movies that I think turned off a lot of people because, oh, it became known as the movie where the dog dies. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like he spends the entire movie raining. Well, I don't think it's hindered the franchise. <laughs> Not at all. Because, Not at because all. you know, but, it became a, uh, a franchise. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it became yeah. a franchise, but it also, also shockingly enough, I mean, like that first movie, it, it did it did decent box office. It wasn't 
it wasn't nearly like as yeah it was like a cult hit because like i remember when yeah. that came out everyone's like oh another shitty keanu reeves movie and then everyone's like no it's actually like really good go check it out and then the word kept building and building and building everyone's like no this movie's fucking great yeah, yeah. well i and think then, also the, the plot of it is kind of everyone knew it as like oh his dog dies and he goes and gets revenge for his dog so on paper it does seem very silly and very you know out there mm-hmm. but obviously it caught on and i'm assuming it's very good and I will find it's, out soon. It's great. Yes, 100%. <laughs> you know, I feel like next episode we should just check in. And she'd be like, nope, still haven't seen him. And be like, all right, check back next time. <laughs> and this will go on until the end of February. <laughs> I feel like you're going to have those cans on like, the boards zero days until no, like, we're, we're how many a, days. <laughs> we're going to do a super cut. Every time you said no, I still haven't watched them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, With a little exactly. time stamp on the bottom. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it'll be great. But um, yeah, as a John Wick fan, this trailer, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like these movies just look more and more stunning. Every movie, they just look beautiful, like just drenched mm-hmm. in neon colors. The cinematography looks gorgeous. I mean, Chad Stedhelski has done an amazing job with these movies, especially after one, which I think he co-directed with David Leach, who's obviously gone mm-hmm. on to do like a ton of movies. But I think Stedhelski is honestly a better action director, if you ask me, because I feel like Leach kind of went the more blockbuster route where it's just it doesn't feel as visceral or as like different and refreshing every time i see a john wick movie i'm like oh this action just feels so beautiful because he lets shots sit and he really lets you appreciate the choreography and he knows exactly how to shoot action because he was a former stuntman so it's just it's really satisfying and the action in the trailer looks phenomenal as per usual i mean we've come to expect nothing less the cast looks fantastic uh bill skarsgård is the villain sign me the fuck up also i think that that's donnie yen in the trailer as well yeah yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It. which that one fight scene that they showed of like him like it's like a sh- a gun sword battle. I don't know. I want everything. I want <laughs> I want it all. It just they looked incredible, and just the lore of this universe just gets more and more interesting. And I just I love all these new characters that are introduced, new facets of this mythology that we've established. I love it. I, it's such a cool world to inhabit. It's not just a great action character. It's just like a great action universe. So every movie kind of makes that world feel bigger and bigger. And the fact that we're gonna be like exclusively like overseas for this one is really really cool. And I'm yeah. just, I, I can't wait to see where the story goes next. I mean, I will see 18 million John Wick movies. And and remember, remember, um, uh, they actually just started shooting Ballerina this week. Yep. Which is and the Keanu John Reeves Wick apparently spin-off. is going to be in it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. it's the spinoff with uh, Ana de Armas. I so can't wait for that. It's going to be so great. After seeing the little bit of her in No Time to Die, yeah, I was like, oh, she it. should be in the John Wick movie. And then boom, she's in the John Wick movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was on your dream board. <laughs> oh, I just, I manifested that. Yeah, I, I yes, put that energy I out into the world and it gave it back to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Do we, do, do, we, do we know if that ballerina movie is a prequel or if it's like going on at the same time as these movies? Do we know that yet? I don't think we know anything about that yet. Okay, because I'm curious about. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate it if it was a prequel. I just hate prequels. I'm just not a prequel guy. I just I don't I, know. I'm, I'm, it's hard I'm, to pull off. I feel like yeah, it's yeah. very it's, hard to make it work. It's it's hard to pull off, but as long as it's something that we can actually get invested in, or it's something yeah. that's like, or or actually, the thing I like more than anything else is concurrent movies. Like when you find out a movie is actually taking place at the same time. Yeah, that that's what I was kind of hoping for. Yeah, like maybe Ballerina takes place at the same time as like John Wick Two or something. Like I don't know. I just I feel like it's cool. Like when you hear echoes of like another universe. Like oh, well, John Wick is doing. You know, he's like embedded in this right now. And you're like, oh shit, that's during John Wick Two. And you're like, oh cool, that's a cool way of like 
referencing the fact that it's still in the universe. Like, I prefer that than like a prequel, you know, where they have to like somehow make Keanu Reeves look younger or something. Like, I, no, I'm, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, he's a vampire, but like there are limits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, we're gonna shift gears again um, to the big movie that we're gonna be talking about this week, and that, of course, was Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. A lot of people have been hyped for this one, including all three of us here. We all finally got a chance to see it. Let's talk about our general thoughts, and we'll dive into some spoilers. But obviously, warning, if you have not seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever, I would refrain from watching or listening to the rest of this episode because it will be spoiled for you. And uh, we have warned you, so we will not feel any ounce of guilt if you continue watching or listening and you haven't seen the movie. Sorry, that's just how the world works. That's how words work. So, Nancy, what did you think of Black Panther? Black <laughs> Black Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> Black Panther. Oh my God. Pandering, pandering to the audience. Black Panda. <laughs> Wakanda. Is that Black Panda? It sounded like panda oh my in my mind, and then I just immediately went to Tropic Thunder. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Love the rails. All right, all right. You need lemon, uh, and you need. <laughs> and you need a shitload of lime. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! Oh, fuck. All right, so Black okay. Panther, Panther, okay, Black unique Panther. New York, unique New York. Panther. Okay, so Black Panther, Panther Wakanda Forever. What did you Panther. think? Panther, Panther, Panther. <laughs> what, 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 what do you oh, think of the man. movie, Nancy? Jesus Christ! Oh, it's oh. so hard to get back on track with this very somber movie <laughs> from that. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Um, it's. It's hard to get into why I loved it without spoiling it, but I think for me, this wasn't necessarily a Black Panther movie. It was a Wakanda movie, and I I loved it for that. And this, to me, was a movie about grieving, about pain, and about different paths that you can take after that occurs, and I am all for it. And I think that might be why some people didn't like it, um, but for me, I felt like it was a necessary step to take, especially what happened in real life. And they, you know, Ryan Coogler did just such an amazing job of taking something that happened in real life and incorporating it into a movie, but in a respectful way. And I just absolutely love this movie. I teared up, I think, like four times during it. But there was also great action sequences in it. It was a great story. I just, across the board, love the movie. Awesome. Now that's how you do a nice spoiler-free thought. I like that, Nancy. Well done. Well done. Andres, yeah. try to fuck it up. <laughs> Tom, what kind of shit was that? <laughs> I've already fucked it up, guys. Great. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, so, first off, we all know how, I mean, when I saw the teaser, I was like, you know what? This is getting us in the sort of emotional heartstrings. Will this movie deliver for me? I think the ultimate question of that is, yeah, the movie ultimately did deliver for me. I think as much as there were positives to it, I think Ryan Coogler had an uphill battle making this movie because it is not easy losing your lead. It is not easy having to switch streams and reconfigure your movie in order to be it, have it be this, this dissertation and this, um, this meditation on grief and loss. And I think it was great. Um, but my ultimate problem with it actually comes with some, from some of the action scenes because the action, I mean, it's, it's sort of twofold. 
I feel that Coogler really did learn a lot of his what big mistakes he had with the original film mm-hmm. going forward into this film. And there were certain give and takes here and there. And I think ultimately the movie is still good. It's still really good, but it doesn't necessarily rise to the heights that the original Black Panther was for a couple of reasons that I think we'll we'll go into a little later. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I thought it was great. I've seen it twice, so it's... I mean, the three hours... Keep in mind, this movie's almost three hours. The three hours, there definitely does feel like moments where it drags, but when it's on, it's really on. So mm-hmm. I would say this this is definitely a pretty good recommend on my end. So, yeah, I, w- I was... For for the lowest expectations, that I mean, I didn't have low expectations, but I had very cautious expectations going into. You're this. apprehensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 it's easy to be a little apprehensive when you know the all the stuff that happened in in the behind the scenes of this, and this is one of those rare cases where you know sometimes you could see pressure built a diamond, and I think this is a pretty I think this is a pretty damn good diamond. So there you go. That was cute. <laughs> Just so you know, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Okay, your face disappeared for me for a second, Tom. So yeah, I was like, don't make sense. any I am facial an entity, expressions. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, see, I had like the kind of opposite experience with this movie and the predecessor because I didn't love Black Panther nearly as much as most people did. I think the hype kind of got to me by the time I saw it because everyone was calling it this masterpiece and everyone was saying how good it was and I was like, okay, great. And I saw it and I was like, it was good, but like I don't think it's anything spectacular and it's a little bit forgettable for me. And yeah, sure, I've watched it you know, you know, a few more times and like it's grown on me a little bit and there's some things I really love about it, but I do have my issues with that movie. So taking that into account and then also taking into account, you know, what happened, you know, obviously in real life and how this movie needed to be reworked and how it was going to be able to actually just work in general without Chadwick Boseman, you know, after that unfortunate passing. I mean, Ryan Coogler had the unenviable task of trying to make a movie without, you know, T'Challa, without, you know, Black Panther. And how are we going to do that? How are we going to make it compelling, emotionally cathartic? I mean, it's just the mountain that he had to climb was nearly insurmountable in my mind. And I was just thinking to myself, how are we going to do this? And that first trailer that came out, in my mind, is just one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Just because the sheer emotion you get out of it and just how well done it was. And it absolutely makes you feel that loss without even having to see the movie, which I thought was just phenomenal. And the movie follows through on that trailer. This is an emotional movie that I think is honestly far better than the original movie in my mind, just for a variety of reasons, you know, when you go into specifics. But I think this is an emotionally rich movie. We get to see the grieving process and how that affects different people and different levels. And just you feel the spirit of T'Challa throughout this entire movie and how it's affecting the story and how it's affecting the people of Wakanda. And the fact we get to explore God damn it. (laughs) We get to explore. Jesus, I cannot talk today. Jesus. How we get to explore Wakanda more and more. Because that was my favorite part, I think, of the original movie was just the introduction of Wakanda and its people and how interesting and fascinating and well fleshed out that world was. And I wanted more of that because I felt like anytime we cut to like the real world, it just wasn't wasn't nearly as engrossing or as captivating. So the fact that we get more of that here was a huge plus for me. And I think Kugler crushed it in the direct 
director's chair here, the action's way better. It's more visceral. It's more brutal. It's much better shot. And I think it's more impactful, too, because I think the story's stronger to supplement that action. And overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I like Nancy. I teared up a few times. I think there's some really great creative choices here. The performances across the board are incredible, especially from Angela Bassett and uh, Letitia Wright, who are so damn good in this movie. Like, wow. Um, and uh, I think, how do you pronounce it? Tanak Huerta? I'm probably butchering that. Yeah, who played name Yes, I think yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. I know that yeah. you got the last name right. Tenoch, I feel like Tenoch I got Huerta. the last name right. Yeah, but but I love the fact that they say that in the credits it says introducing him and he's no, but, been but hasn't he been so, in like tons of movies? Yeah, he has. He's been that's, he's been in yeah. a lot. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was like introducing him to the MCU. Or what? Introducing him to American audiences? I, I, I don't, I don't understand. He, he, was in, like, he, he was in the Forever Purge, which was so hilarious. Like introducing, what the he's fuck? like, no, he's been introduced. Disney. Okay, that the makes fuck no down. sense. That, uh, yeah, that yeah. makes no sense. That's, That's so stupid. weird. I just watched the Forever Purge recently. Oh, see, there that's you okay. Go. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty on point. That's okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. So overall, really enjoyed the movie. I really loved it to my surprise. Um, like enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. And I thought Cooler with the task that he was given just knocked it out of the park. And I don't think really any other director could have handled this with the kind of grace and uh, quality that he did. So, but anyway, let's talk about spoilers. Let's do it. Let's hop on yeah. in. I don't know who wants to start this little talk. I, okay, I think I want to go into. <laughs> sorry. No, guys, be rude. Be fucking rude you know, to each other. Know, maybe, maybe we had the same idea. I don't know. Yeah, there uh, you go. You go first. I. Oh man, no, the I disdain. Really... The disdain. <laughs> you go first. No, no you um... go first. No, go first. Go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really. Uh, I want to go into how they handled T'Challa's death. Mm-hmm. Um. I really thought they were going to do something different with it, and I'm so glad they did. Oh, I love the way they did it. It was way better than what I thought they were going to. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's frozen. Right? And she's gone again. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, Damn, two weeks and, in and a row. She, and she's and she's back in the. Uh, yeah, the she's back in the DJ. 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 I, th- I think that's like her favorite like still just like hey <laughs> oh no i guess her internet cut out again rough but no. you know what um in in the meantime uh we'll we'll, we'll just keep it on forward and nancy whenever you drop back in we'll, we'll yeah. let you get back in all right yeah well that's what'll happen that's what, what's gonna happen but uh andres how about yeah. you let's i mean i mean actually we, we were talking about the way they handled his death in the movie mm-hmm. which in my mind i don't know what i was picturing but everything i was picturing it just it didn't feel right like i didn't want them to like show like some action sequence with like black pander just like you know did I say Pander again? Jesus Christ. You said Pander again. <laughs> Black, pa- Black Panther. I didn't want to see like an action sequence with some CGI Black Panther where he somehow gets killed or something, and then that's how we start the movie. I don't want that. The fact that they just went head on into he's dying from you know this mysterious illness and Shuri's trying to save him. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is interesting. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect way to handle this. And the way that they handled it, I thought, was great. He didn't need to see any sort of, you know, T'Challa in that scene. You felt his presence. You felt like he was there. And the way they handled it was really emotional. And the way that, like, led into, like, the silent opening credits was awesome. Boom! She's back. Why do the internet gods always punish me when I want to talk? They they, they don't all the way punish you, because every time you freeze, you look like a DJ. (laughs) Yeah, you you had had that moment again. (laughs) It's so funny. 
I got all the hand motions yeah, going like, wait on. Wait till you see this fade in. We were talking about the uh, how they handled Chadwick Boseman's death in the movie and how I, I was just saying how I really liked the way they handled it. I thought it was like understated. I thought it felt very realistic. You felt like T'Challa's presence there, even though he didn't you know, obviously have him there. Uh, and the way that it led into like the very quiet opening sequence with the Marvel logo, with it was just purely Chadwick Boseman. Like yeah. in my theater, you could hear a pin drop. Everyone was just kind of like choked up. And the, yeah. it, it was a really great oh. intro that absolutely sets the stage yeah. for the movie. Oh, you could hear so many sniffling in that, that theater when, when that moment happened. Like, you just heard yeah. somebody just like, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I really thought, honestly, when they did the opening sequence, I was like, did they give him cancer in the MCU? And I was like, you know what? That makes sense. They didn't actually end up doing that, but they said, like, an unknown illness that got him but I think that was so smart because you forget that you know these characters can are susceptible to real life illnesses yeah that they they can absolutely just get these unknown illnesses or something like that and the way they did it I think it was so smart I really thought they were going to go more of a like comic book ish like (laughs) something happens to him or the blip happens and like another another DJ Uh, no she's back God! <laughs> okay. But look, so look, you mad. look fly every time you freeze. Every time I freeze, I look like I literally okay, just heard the you. worst news. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, my headphones help too. They look like exactly. little DJ headphones. Freaking dead yeah. mouse over there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the point is, I uh-huh. love that how they did it. And there's also a line in the movie that got me so hard where um, the sister... Sorry, I'm so blanking at her name right now. Uh, Yes. um, She says, he suffered so long in silence. Why didn't he tell me something? And I, you know, maybe I could have done something. And it just was such a reflection of real life, how he didn't make an announcement that he had cancer and no one knew until he passed away. And I feel like, again, Ryan Coogler does such a good job of incorporating everyone's pain yeah. in real life because you also have to remember yeah. it's not just that he replaced a lead he replaced probably his friend and everyone who was mm-hmm. on that set had to continue on without their friend and now the you know someone that they were really close to so it's the pain there is real and i think again he did such a good job of incorporating it without manipulating it without um being exploitive about it and i i I mean i feel like the best thing i could say about this movie like my favorite thing about it it's like it's like watching people grieve for real on screen through like an mcu movie like you could feel that it wasn't just actors playing a part it was friends of chadwick boseman literally grieving on screen like there wasn't really any like true acting because it was just them getting it out of their system and that's why it felt so real and why it felt so visceral and why like I got so choked up watching it all happen like especially honestly I think my favorite scene in the movie you know take away all the action and all the set pieces and everything my favorite scene in the entire movie is I think it's the ending scene where Shuri's sitting on the beach burning her funeral uh, robe and you keep getting these like silent flashes of like memories of her with T'Challa and it's like the kind of way of like the audience grieving with her as she's trying to let go and move forward and it's this beautifully heartbreaking scene 
that yeah. it, you could tell in that moment that's just an actor's grieving. Like that is just an actor's grieving on screen. Sure, there's a little bit of acting thrown in there, but what I loved about it, all the performances in this movie, they feel so emotionally charged and for good reason. And I think Kugler got some of the best performances in the MCU period in this movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like it was, like you said, a way for the audience yeah. to grieve with them. Because I feel like when you... Because let's also keep in mind, like, regardless of what anyone thinks of the first Black Panther, it was such a... <laughs> motorcycle gang strikes again. <laughs> Jesus. The motorcycle gang has cut um, your internet. It was such a... <laughs> Seriously, dude. Oh I don't know God. where you live. <laughs> Hot mess express this morning let me tell you uh but yes it the first black panther was such a monumental moment for everyone you know there was a lot of people within the black community with anyone who is you know of color was like finally we get a movie that's just like represents us and like shows us and it's not about like suffering and it's just so powerful and i think it was just such a uh it meant a lot to a lot of people. And so I think for those fans, it was very crushing to kind of take away that symbol from them of, you know, with Chadwick Boseman's passing. And so I think it, this movie was really a way of like, let's all grieve together and find a way to move on with this character and with, you know, with the Black Panther as the icon mm-hmm. that it is. Yeah, absolutely. And then also just even talking about just you know, you could feel the actor sort of grieving. Um, there's one scene in particular that I know was Ryan Coogler basically just speaking just speaking to the audience. Uh, at Comic-Con, he actually said that the entire time that he was making this movie, that it, he, he couldn't help but feel like Chadwick's hand was on his shoulder mm-hmm. the entire time because he constantly had his, his hand on his shoulder throughout the first Black Panther movie. And then when you hear the queen do that monologue when she's like, and then there was one point I just felt his hand on my shoulder and I was like, ah, oh, that's uh, Coogler. That's Coogler right there. Just just telling us how yep. he's grieving as well, too. Just being like, listen, yeah. we all got over it. Let's let's tell a great story with this. And I mean, oh, man. And like 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 you were like you were talking about Nancy, how like he suffered in silence for so long. There's a story going around right now that um Kugler had told on a talk show, I believe, that basically he completed his first draft of Wakanda Forever. And the first person he gave it to was Chadwick Boseman. And Kugler basically called him up and was like, have you had a chance to read it yet? And then Chadwick's response was, actually, I have not. I've just been really tired lately. Which, knowing what that was... Mm-hmm. That's just one of those things where you're like, uh, again, he suffered in silence for so long, and that's that's just so sad that like even even in like even in a place where like you know anybody would have understood what was going on, like he just he still just kind of just just made it his own thing, and that's just something that's just utterly heartbreaking at points in time. But yeah, in terms of how they dealt with his death, and in terms of the the mourning period and the passing and all that other stuff, I thought it was really well done. We usually don't get moments of silence like this in the MCU, and it's very poignant. And it's also, with so many movies, it feels cheap, and it feels just like, oh, we gotta do it. But with this, it felt earned. It felt intrinsic to the story, and that's something that, as much as I enjoyed Fast 7, it's something that I don't feel was... Ha- this in that film it wasn't handled nearly as well as this 
So, granted, that's in a completely different set of circumstances where you have one of your leads pass away halfway through. But with this, it felt like it was an appropriate send-off and a, a very emotional goodbye to a character. I mean, I mean, can we can we also just talk about the post credit scene real quick? That was good. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, they agree. <laughs> They're like, oh, fuck yeah, post credits. <laughs> <laughs> Little T'Challa. Literally, as I unmute my mic. The second I unmute myself, <laughs> now I'm just, now Jesus, I'm just, now I'm just picturing oh like a motorcycle gosh. game. Like, we'll come on forever. Why do I just, why, 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 why do I just, why, why do I just picture, um, why do I just picture M'Baku just coming out and just being like, you bike riding demons. But yes. But yes, post-credit scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's right after the moment when um, when Cherry has burnt her robe, and then there comes uh, Nipi and Yango, and she goes, "Can we join you?" And then the second you see a kid pop up, you're like, "That's that's T'Challa's son." That has and that to be kid, son. And, and that kid looks so much like him. Oh my god, he's so yeah. adorable. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's your so name cute. is cool. I guess. Uh, but for a second, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though, for a second, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. How is this kid this old? Because I was thinking, like, oh, it was right before he passed away. But I was like, oh, damn, they kept him a secret for that well, long. Because they wanted him to be normal. Yeah. Good they, for they, you. They... No, yeah, no, I Look, totally get it. I agree, but it was like, off. damn. <laughs> I Jeez, get so it, defensive. okay? I wasn't Justified. even trying to push that button. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I thought that part was great. It was, it was... I'm curious too what they're gonna do with him, like if they're gonna bring him back for the other movies. Or I have a feeling I mean, we're gonna like get that. a Young Avengers movie. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, but I, I also want, oh, because this leads into the next thing we definitely need to talk about. About it is that you know, obviously, the new Black Panther is revealed of of who it is, which I don't think should really come as a shock to anyone that it ended yeah. up being Shuri. I mean, if you look at the poster, she's like in the <laughs> in the middle of the poster with the biggest face. So and like it yeah. just it it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. Body and when you build, see the trailer, like, you you're like, yeah, trailer, it's like, uh, But honestly, it wasn't yeah. any less impactful for me because yeah. I feel like she earned it. But I also loved the process of her becoming Black Panther because it's not what you think it's going to be at all. Like it, it contains one of the film's biggest surprises for me, which I loved, was when she visits the ancestors as she drinks from the the leaf, and who she sees is actually Killmonger. Yes. I, I literally like yes. I, I was in like a press screening, so like everyone of course is like super silent and super sterile, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, I could, yeah, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm keep sorry, it sorry. Keep it professional. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah, that because, was yeah, because, such a that great was, surprise. That was a great surprise, but also mm-hmm. on top of that, Ryan Coogler also said so many years ago that, yeah, oh yeah, we're going to get uh, Michael B. Jordan back in the movie. And I remember I having a discussion. I was around for that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I, I remember. I remember I, that was, yeah, and I remember right having a discussion with a friend of mine as soon as Black Panther 1 came out, and they're like, how could he possibly come back? Uh, oh, is he going to be locked up in Wakanda somewhere, and he's actually still alive? I'm like, no, no, he's dead. <laughs> like, if anything, he's going to come back in the ancestral plate. Yep. Oh, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> when, the movie, okay, when he cool. comes back <laughs> in the ancestral yeah, yeah. Oh, I froze. <laughs> but yours, you, yeah, but you, 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 you kind of looked like you got stabbed by a best friend, so you're like, <laughs> no! Oh, the internet's just on another one today. But where where was I then? Uh, man, 
Honestly, I think you were talking about Killmonger um, being like locked up in like Wakanda. Like they're trying to figure out how he would come back. That's where yeah. you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well, well. The the main thing that me and my friends we were talking about was what if uh, Killmonger was just locked up in Wakanda and was still alive. And then I'm like, no, he's gonna come back in the ancestral plane. And then and then the, and then my buddy just goes, that would be so lame. And I went to go see that same. I went to go see Wakanda Forever with that same buddy. It was it a was great scene. Lame. No, no and, and and then when it pops up, he's like, "Okay, it worked." How about you tell your buddy? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it yeah. totally worked. Exactly. And then, and, 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 then, and then just all the little small nuances that they added to this, where when Killmonger shows up, they clearly establish that with the robes, you burn them in order to sort of move on with the grieving process and be done with it, and that's sort of a way mm-hmm. for you to establish a new relationship with your loved one. What is Killmonger wearing when he first appears? He's still wearing the robes, the robes that he probably never, never emotionally burned from losing his dad. Well, I think, aren't they always wearing full white, though, when in the... Ancestral plane? Other realm? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm trying to to remember that myself. Because I think her her mom is... Because her mom is also wearing all white when mm-hmm. uh, she appears. At and the I do very feel, end yeah, and I do feel like T'Challa's so dad if... was also wearing white when he saw him. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just an yeah. afterlife. I mean, thing. I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, Good idea, idea. But, no. but, but like, not so much. Because like I like that that yeah. scene wasn't just like a cool gimmick or a cool surprise. It worked within the context of the story because like that's kind of who Shuri was channeling yeah. and how she was grieving, where she was feeling more vengeful and she was feeling more angry. So it absolutely made sense that mm-hmm. Killmonger was the one that she saw. And I also love the touch that when she goes to pick her uh, Black Panther helmet that she doesn't go for T'Challa's or his dad's that she goes for like the more Killmongery looking one and I was like oh that's a nice touch that I didn't even like take note of in the trailer I was like oh that totally is a nice continuation of that scene and it kind of fits of where she is emotionally and I love that mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah and I think too also when she comes back you could see how heartbroken she is that yeah. she didn't see her mom or her brother and just like why didn't they come for me and there's a reasons because she still had that yeah. vengeance in her heart and still had that like something she needed to go over and I do really love we use our favorite word here I love the juxtaposition <laughs> of nice. her mom and her because she is in such a spiritual country where they believe in a lot of that stuff. And you could see where they're on the beach where the mom's talking about her brother. And she's like, that's just your mind telling you that you felt his hand on your shoulder. It's, you know, she's very science driven. And so I think for her, that's a struggle of like, how do I, how do I deal with my brother's death and this mm-hmm. very spiritual way? But I'm all about science and, you know, that's not what I really believe in and so I like seeing that struggle with her of how do I how do I move on and believe that he is you know somewhere else but also my mind is telling me that that can't be true because of the science that I believe in so I I really love that too Mm -hmm. just that comparison between the two and I feel like the last thing we definitely should touch on is what do we think of Namor the new villain of the movie you know we got a lot going on in this movie we got a new villain introduced what did we think of his presence in the movie did we like his backstory did we like the performance what did we think I mean as I mean as a comic book lover I think there's a couple of trade-offs here now 
Uh, now, now, sort of the reconfiguring of having him be um, more of a Mexican culture Talacan type of um, type of backstory, I think was great. Just in terms of just how you establish his hatred for the surface world, and I thought that was perfectly well handled. Um, now, the whole thing where they're like, "Oh, I took my name from what he called me." It's like El Niño Sin Amor. I'm like. You're really stretching it right there. <laughs> You're really how, stretching how did, it. Is there, uh, yeah. Wait, how I mean, is that stretching I didn't, it? I didn't think it was. I mean, granted, I haven't read any comics with him, because but like, how does he get it in the comics? Like, let's compare. <laughs> no, in, in, in the in the comics, it's just. Are you saying it's stretching it because of the comics? Or are you saying it's stretching it because what, they, what they said, said in, in the movie? movie. Yeah, like, okay, like it's it. like a okay. Nino Sin Amor, and then I'm like, why out of all that you, yeah. Because you're combining it. Well, to me, it was kind of like Miha yeah. and Miho, it's because it's it's the two combined, it's almost like a, not a nickname, I don't know, it's like, kind mm-hmm. of like slang, um, so that's how I took it, is because it's, Mi Iho is like my yeah. son, my daughter, Miha, and when you combine it together, it's like Miha Miho. So that's that's kind of how I took it. Was that it's more of like a slang nickname mm-hmm. kind of thing together that us Mexicans do yeah. for oh, some no. reason. No, but, but like, but, but like, but <laughs> like, know. still, I mean, again, that, that's a minor nitpick at best. I thought, um, I thought the performance was 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 solid all around. I thought the writing on him was really really great. I will say it's different in the comics because in the comics, I would say that Namor is one of those characters that straddles that line between hero and villain so just within a dime. But you get exactly where he's coming from, whereas in this one, I'm sorry, but the minute you drown the queen, you're kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're kind of a villain to me (laughs) at that point in time. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Oh, we might have just bypassed a huge character death. Um, <laughs> no, but that Oops. was another death I did not see coming. I kept expecting her to like wake up, and I was like, "They're gonna Me kill either. her!" I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "All right," but you know. That yeah, that one got, got me because I was like, "You're gonna do this to her again." She just lost her brother, and now she has to lose her mom. I really, same as you, Tom. I really thought at the last second they're gonna revive yeah. her. She's gonna be okay. But good. The and MCU finally has stakes I, again. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm so tired of yes. like all these characters getting killed off and then brought back. Like it just, it takes away any sort of stakes. So I was yeah. like, good. You have the balls to do that. It's heartbreaking, but I'm glad that we're actually showing some stakes within the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that broke my heart. But you know what, Angela Bassett was a badass bitch. When he puts that spear in the glass, she does not flinch for a second. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. She was like, I'm going to protect you like you're my own child. And I think that was the driving force. And that's what I love about this movie. It's like everything builds on everything else that came before. And because she just lost her son, she almost lost her daughter. She's like, there's this very innocent girl oh, behind me. And she's me. great too. We didn't even touch on like Ironheart. Like she's my own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's so many good things in this movie. But yeah, I just feel like that was such a poignant moment of like, no, I'm going to protect you like you're my mm-hmm. own. And in terms of Namor, like, I don't know if his intention was specifically to drown her, because it's not like he knew, like, she was going to get trapped under that thing, and, like, you know, so much, whatever it may be. Maybe he was just trying to... He was just sitting, he was just floating right outside that window, he saw exactly what he did. Yep. Oh, I thought he left after that. No, he watched. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. He no, watched. No, yeah, that was. Uh, um, I, I feel like that scene was like the perfect lead in into her like ancestor scene, where it totally made sense why she saw Killmonger. So it was like in that moment, she's probably feeling so much yeah. hatred and so much vengeance, and who like embodies that to yeah. a T? Killmonger. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. When she even says like, "My heart got buried with her," like it's. I'm done, essentially, is what she was saying. But in terms of Namor, I feel like he was... I I feel like he did... A, I feel like they did a good job of explaining why he is the way he is. And it's... DJ, dead mouse strikes it, again. again. <laughs> Damn. Internet is just not in her favor today. So I'm so- yeah, now you're back. back. But back? again, your, your DJ hit now. again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen... If you're gonna freeze, freeze cool. It's like you knew cool it was gonna happen. You know? Anyways, uh, Namor's cool. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm gonna say yeah. before my internet cool. freezes on me again. There you go. Can, He's can, good can, villain. Can we, can we also Done. just take a moment to to acknowledge that we have a villain who uses water water balloons for freaking weapons? Hey, that I feel like I feel like that's a little reductive. Right? <laughs> 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 Other uh, water, water bombs. Grenades, okay? Thank you. Jesus. Yeah. Water balloons. Okay. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no wonder he hates the surface world. <laughs> what are you gonna you're do? Are you gonna come here with your fucking water balloons? Gonna <laughs> oh wait, a minute. could you throw? Could you throw one of those things in that empty pool yeah, I have in my could, backyard? Can you, you throw one at my mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus my goodness! Christ. But okay, uh, so. I mean, now that we've spoken about Namor, or, or actually, actually, you you didn't get a chance to say anything, right, Tom? Sorry. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like I kind of hinted on it, like when uh, we were talking generally, but I. I <laughs> yeah, we froze again. So I don't know what your question <laughs> was. Uh, we're, we're just still talking about Namor, but um, I, I loved the character. Yeah. Honestly, I had low expectations with the character from the trailer. I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do. Like, this guy's got like wings on his feet, and uh, we have another oh. per, like person who like hates this. It kind of felt like Aquaman, where it felt like King Orm. You know, he hates the surface world, so it kind of felt like a retread of that. At least going from the trailers, but I really liked that. Um, in this one, you really get a good sense of his backstory, where he comes from, why he feels the way he does, why he's such like almost like a deity to his his people. And I thought that Huerta did an amazing job in the role, and he was menacing, but also like really charming and like easygoing. Like you just didn't want to get on his bad side. And I really loved. Uh, his scenes with Shuri. I really loved his scenes with Angela Bassett. I thought that he was just great all around, and I thought that he was one of the better MCU villains, for sure. Can we we just also acknowledge one other thing real quick? Um, Every single time when he stepped out of the water, his hair was just matted all over in front of him, and then then within like a split second, he'll just be like... And then he slicks Magic, it back baby. to like a perfect comb. Magic, I, baby. I want that power, guys. I want that power. That's uh, the magic yeah, of Namor. Yeah. Let me tell you, those shorts were working for him. <laughs> All right. Which, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> which, right. which, 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 just real quick. I, I mean, I wanted to bring this up, but like, so, so, did you hear about the whole thing about the body shaming thing with? Um, yeah, we. With I think the, we all saw that, where everyone said he was out of shape, and then it's like, fuck off. I'm, I sw- no, he he was he was in way better shape than 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 a lot of other people, especially someone who got this at a very short notice. It's it's it's. I mean, he was totally fine. I bought it one hundred percent. But I also love the yeah. fact that. But also, yeah. like, he has fucking wings on his feet and like powers. Why does he need to be ripped with a six pack and like 
bustles everywhere. MCU like you don't need president. to be. <laughs> but, but but that's yeah. But the, but, but but the other thing that I actually go. really liked was that there was all sorts of different shapes for all the different people in Talikan as well. I mean, oh, we haven't even discussed that at all in Talikan. Yeah. That. So you know what? We're Mexican and we're thick yeah. people. Okay, <laughs> maybe not me essentially, but. You know, I'm not specifically, but (laughs) we we can be fat. Not fat. We're curvy, okay? (laughs) Which, um, I mean, talking about Talicam real quick, that scene was stunning. That scene made you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing too is that that the big question I had was how different were they going to make Talicam from um from Atlantis in Aquaman? And the thing is, in Aquaman, it sort of felt like it was way Way better, better, and then they felt like. In this, you truly bought that everybody was underwater. Like, there was none of that, like, CG mirror sheen or anything like that, except for maybe one shot, and that's with Namor. But apart from that, it, it, it you bought that all these people were underwater, and yeah. that's yeah. one of those... Cooler's like, just like, so good at, like, establishing, like, new worlds. Like, he's proven it twice now. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it just, like, it felt like such a unique underwater world where it did feel kind of, like, homegrown in the fact, like, they made all this stuff, they made the city, like, it didn't feel, like, as industrial and as, like, kind of, like, picturesque as, like, say, in Aquaman. This one felt, like, more realistic, and he was able to differentiate it from, like, other iterations of, like, an underworld, uh, underwater world, like, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, but and I mean, just just also just even the idea of like every single thing in Talacan being sprouted from the vibranium uh, heart shaped herb, but it was underwater where it was growing. I thought that was a really cool twist as well. Yeah. Just in showing the fact that once you take that, all oh my god, all of a sudden all these people just started turning blue. I thought that was great in itself. But God, but I can't help but think about one thing, and that's. The, the fact is, in the comics, T'Challa and Namor have one of the most tumultuous relationships in all of the in all of the Marvel comics. Like they are probably like I don't think you can find people that hate each other but respect each other nearly as much as T'Challa and Namor. And mm-hmm. just the fact that we're never going to see that in live action. Uh, just imagine what Chadwick Boseman's chemistry with Huerta would have been. Oh my God! That that would have been something in another universe. Yeah. That would have been amazing. But but I thought Namor and I thought um, I thought Telecam was was pretty great in itself. So yeah, awesome. And then I think the only other thing I can think of is Ironheart. What do we think of Ironheart? Her introduction in this movie. Ooh, Andre. Ooh, Andre didn't hide that shit at all. <laughs> uh, you know what? Someone go okay. first. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. I'll, I'll go first this time, I guess. Okay. Uh, I forget the name of the actress, um, but I thought she was so funny and so much such a fun presence in the movie. I loved her scenes with uh, Shuri. I, I, I thought that she was such like an energetic presence in a movie that kind of needed that little boost of a little bit of levity, and I felt like she was great. I loved her character, really strong, really independent. Um, I didn't really love the Ironheart suit. That's really the only thing I didn't love about it. It was very cheesy <laughs> to me, and it was just like, it just I didn't love it, but I loved her as that character, and I'm excited for her show, for sure. I thought her introduction was great, and I loved her chemistry with the cast, and I just, I thought she was great. I, I really enjoyed the character. Someone, like, making a pot of tea? <laughs> me too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's not me for once. That's not my me. roommate making tea. <laughs> Have we reached the boiling so point is. of this conversation? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, spill that tea. Um, no, I liked her as well. I, I agree the suit was a little bit, uh, a little bit, a little clunky, but I'm hoping, you know, 
as we go along, it, maybe it'll get better um, because it, it's also like she put this together as an MIT student and then, you know, it progressed from there. Um, but I, I think it's a great... Uh, D- Dominique Thorne. There we um, go. Okay. There we go. Dominique yeah. Thorne. There you go. Um, but I also feel like Siri leaving her or losing her brother and her mom, I feel like she needs someone to kind of have that back and forth with afterwards. You know, I feel like she's very young and surrounded by all these adults and a very large role that she has moving forward. So um, I think it's a, a great character to introduce. And I really liked her. I really liked uh, the actress. I love the scene where they go to her dorm room and she's just like throwing random yeah, shit good. at them. <laughs> and she's like, no, your heater's not going to do anything. But OK, if you want to take on name more by yourself. <laughs> or when uh, Sherry's friend, I, I forget her, her name's escaping me, like comes out of the bathroom. She's like, I gave you five minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Koye. Yeah. yeah. Koye, I love a Koye. She's awesome. And they keep making fun of her makeup. She's like, you told me it looked good. Listen, you need to be aware of what you look like right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, but, Uh, you know, like, to wrap things up with it, uh, what what would we give it out of five pints, guys, now that we have our new rating system established? Wait wait a second. We we didn't even even get to to my thoughts on Ironheart. Oh, shit. I guess my mind just immediately deleted you. (laughs) Uh, You're just like, no no one's going to say anything negative about this. Whoops. Now, Now, here's the thing. Why don't you throw a water balloon at me, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I thought thought Ironheart's performance was great. I really liked the actress so far, and everything about it worked. The only thing is I kind of feel that her role could have been either condensed down or could have been further expanded on. But the thing is, is that I, I, I kind of feel like we didn't get enough of her, but we also got very little of her as well. Like we, like for for as big of a, yeah. So we get. Wait, hold on, just so I'm clear. We didn't get enough of her. Or we got too we're, little. We're kind of, of in the a kind of both. a little bit of both. Like we didn't get. We got too little of her to sort of really kind of cement her into the plot. I mean, like it kind of felt like she was just kind of like just here and there just she just kind of popped up but um but the other thing too is that uh like her like some of her bits and then some of Everett Ross's bits I feel could have been excised from the movie and it wouldn't have mm. hurt it all that much yeah Everett Ross kind of felt a little tacked on in this one yeah and 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 like everyone loved when uh Julia Louise Dreyfus popped up everyone's like yeah, oh, same. oh but at the same yep. time, it's it's just one of those things where it kind of doesn't really lead anywhere. But uh, I'm 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 just kind of just like like just sort of in a place where I'm like they could have added either a little bit more or they could have cut her out entirely. I mean, I think we need a little more time with her if they really wanted to establish her. But yeah, I mean, as far as Ironheart is concerned, I really like the performance. I just feel that we were in a very weird place with her where. I don't know. I I don't think she did enough to the plot. Like they just needed to find her, and they just needed to just they they just needed to keep her safe. Or they could have just made her more intrinsic to to the finale as well. Well, which granted she does help out with with the fight with the fight with Namor, but it still felt like a very subtle or a very like understated contribution. If that makes any sense. Well, I also like appreciate the fact that she ended up like working with Shuri and like in the lab. Like she definitely contributed more I, than just in the fight. Yeah, like well, that well, stuff I was want, great. I, I wanted to see more of that. That's for sure. 
Yeah, that was cool. Like, I was like, oh, cool, set up that partnership. I want to see more of that. Like, that'd be awesome. But, you know, like, I feel yeah. like in these movies, you got to make certain decisions. But, yeah, I agree. I think Everett Ross's scenes could have been cut or just excised entirely. I think those were in there more so to kind of establish that, uh, Oh, what the fuck? The Julia Louise Dreyfus show like or movie? Stepping, uh, yeah, Thunderbolt. It's more of a stepping <laughs> yeah, stone. I feel like that's more of like a Thunderbolt shoe in where it kind of felt like okay, we need to have her pop up again yeah. to establish that, that that's happening. And I was like, all right, whatever. And she's fun in the role, and I like Martin mm-hmm. Freeman too. It just it, those scenes did feel a little bit kind of like they felt like they, felt like they like bloated the runtime a little bit for me. Yeah, we only just needed one Everett scene, and that's when he tells her that oh, uh, this is an MIT student. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. Just something quick. I don't know. It just felt like there were too many of those scenes. But anyway, now we can go into our ratings. Um, what did we? What are we giving this one out of five pints, people? Um, four I'll out say of five. Four. Okay, Andres. I'm going to say while this movie did not reach the heights of the first one for me, this one was still a very admirable attempt um, at making a really great movie given the circumstances. But ultimately, I think at the end of the day, I would give it a three and a half. And it was, again, I really recommend it. I think it was great. But there's certain things about it that keep it from being this amazing film, if that makes any sense. So there you go. Okay, three and a half out of five. I'm also going to go four here. I, I do have like little minor issues like I've pointed out, but overall I thought it was a really satisfying and emotionally cathartic sequel that I loved a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I think it's definitely one of the best Marvel sequels in quite some time, and I think fans of the original will really love it. It's, it's a beautifully heartbreaking and also super entertaining movie. It's a perfect balance of the two. So definitely if you like that first film, definitely check this one out. And even if you weren't a huge fan of that first film, watch the second movie. I think you might actually enjoy it a lot more than you think you might. So let us oh, yeah. know in the comments what you thought of Black Panther Wakanda Forever if you have seen it also let us know what you thought of the trailers for The Whale and John Wick 4 and how you feel about the passing of Kevin Conroy let us know in the comment section below we always love hearing your thoughts so thank you guys mm-hmm. for tuning into another new episode of Film on Tap we hope you had a good time we hope you had some laughs like we did on this episode and before we go where can the people find you both on social media Nancy where can the people find you PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. And then hopefully the video chronic quizzes are going to be coming back a little bit uh-huh. more frequently. I'm always on those. But of course, here on Film on Tap, leave comments. I love them. You I respond to all Film on Tap this time. Thank you. There you <laughs> go. I hope you guys owe yeah. it. Hey, that no, wasn't me. Did. You both have done it. Where like you, you, you like put your list that- of to handle and you completely forget you're on the show. <laughs> Well, we're on the it, show. Well, because if they're watching so me on the show, then Don't they should me throw know my I'm in the show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Andres, where can the people find you? The people can find me on Film on Tap podcast every two weeks. Oh, that's just that. There oh, that's you just go. Sarcastic. That's Bo. that's worse. That's worse than you not even saying it. <laughs> that's called kissing. Nancy Tom's always said it sincerely. But sarcastic then, piece of shit. <laughs> But um, you can find me on Twitter as long as that's going to stay up. Or you can find yeah, we'll me on see, we'll Instagram see. as Galaghost. You can also find me on Twitch.tv as Galaghost209. And you can also find me on my YouTube channel as well, too, at YouTube.com slash Galaghost. And then you can find uh, <laughs> some of the retrospective reviews that we've been doing. We actually just put out a retrospective review on um, uh, Miami Vice, the 2006 uh, Michael Mann movie. Um, Go check that out at uh, YouTube.com forward slash uh, high voltage. And there you go. All right. It sounds like Andres needs someone to put some oil (laughs) 
He's running out of steam. And you guys could find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattelbash. You could find me uh, on Facebook and YouTube at Chattelbash Reviews. And of course, you could find me here on the Film on Tap podcast every other week. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode, and we will see you on the next episode of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. We'll see you guys. Later.